Okay, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, depending on when you're watching this. Good evening, even. Welcome back to Teen Contemplation on this lovely Friday. Um, our theme for today is around the idea of exploring small sips and taking things little by little. And I'm reminded of this expression in tea of not drinking your tea like a cow <laughs> as a means of perhaps understanding perspective of why traditionally tea is served in small servings and that you go back and you revisit several times over the tea rather than having it in one large mug or one large serving at a time that you gulp down and that concludes all of your tea practice, all of your tea drinking, you know, but instead having it be something that we um, revisit and we keep going back to and do so little by little. And so for today's practice uh, to get started, most everything else will be usually what we do, you know, tea of your choice, start your hot water if you haven't already. But I'd like to ask if uh, maybe if there's room for you to consider without it being too disruptive to getting everything ready that you need, that you find a, a mug or a bowl or something that is smaller than what you would normally use. If possible, maybe even half the size of what you would normally use, something small. So let's maybe take a moment to find our tea, get our hot water started get settled and see what bowl we might want to practice with today or cup, something that is small that can get us into this mindset of going small. And then whenever you have what you're going to practice with. Get no rush, you know, we take our time here. So we all meet at the same point. We'll just take a moment to settle into our cushion or into our chair. Allowing things of the morning and of the day to come. Just settle for a moment. They can't completely go away but they can just settle for a little bit. We can let the air clear. We can let the internal weather inside just clear for a little moment. Let's take a little peek through a window. And we can invite the hands to settle in the lap. We can consider what position feels comfortable for the hands today. Maybe we'd like them folded. If there's a way that they could be folded and fully relaxed. Maybe they could be face down on top of the knees or face up, whichever feels like it's the least doing for your hands. The hands can be important. They can be a way of 
signaling what's going on inside the body and also signaling what we would prefer to have happening, a gentle guide for an intention or a direction. We can invite the spine to be long and tall. And at the top of the spine, we have our head gently poised, chin tucked just slightly downward, just only enough so that the back of the neck can open up, not feel so scrunched. And we can invite the eyes to relax and soften. And so first, just settle and see where you're at today. How your breathing is this morning. How the space inside the body feels. where you can feel yourself dropping into the cushion that you're sitting on, really feeling grounded and centered. And then once you feel that you have reached a, a point of pause, a point of feeling like you have the idea of centered. You have the idea of what settled is like. We can transition to making our tea, going slowly. So perhaps first just bringing the tea in front of us back into our vision of awareness, just noticing ourselves sitting in the room here with our tea waiting, being aware of any movement in the air, sounds in the air, rather than just a sharp drop, a sharp transition from a calm sit to an active brewing of tea, which is a gentle, easy transition from one activity to the next. It's inviting some awareness. And so first let's consider the tea that we're choosing for ourselves today. Whatever tea really spoke to you on this chilly late autumn morning, perhaps maybe a warm soothing black tea, which is what I'm going with today. Something roasted, something heavier, something with texture, it allows you to notice and feel internally. Just consider what drew you to your tea today. And then into your smaller cup than usual, go ahead and serve yourself a portion of leaves. 
It could even be the same as you would normally use, or it could be less, just up to you, your own preference. Then taking your smaller cup and holding with two hands and just notice how much closer you are to the tea here. That you can hold it between two hands and really look at it, really notice it. And bringing this cup to the nose, breathing in and out over the leaves, warming them with your breath. See what you notice, see what's different. Do the leaves fill a different space in this smaller vessel? If your hot water is ready, you can get our kettle. We're going to enjoy two sits with this tea, two steepings of this same tea with this smaller serving. Again, a little practice of going in, taking a break, and then coming back in again for more. So add your water slowly over your leaves, going extra slow with this small cup. You don't have much time until it gets filled with water. It's really just enjoying that sound in the movement of the leaves in the water. And then notice your tea in this cup. Consider it if you've ever had tea in this way, in this particular cup that you're drinking from today. Consider the idea of what is enough. What is enough that we feel the difference that we feel the effect and the intention. And how can we really open ourselves up to everything that is there, everything that is being offered in a small handful feels comfortable, we can pick up our cup, two hands, and bring it to the nose. And here too, notice how the tea might be different in this smaller cup.
What immediately strikes you about the aroma? The depth of what's there, all right up front. Notice how the tea moves in the water. And what it's like to simply just hold something smaller. Something smaller, but still just as present. And if the temperature seems okay, and there's a little space open for you and the water there, you can take a sip of the tea in our small cup here. And then just pausing to consider, what do you notice that's different with the tea? just at your own pace you're taking another sip or two and then intentionally pausing And then noticing as you sip the tea slowly, and we get closer to the leaves, that even in a style of practice that already invites slowness, and invites us to notice what is in the moment, we have to go even slower here. Because there's just less. At the same time, it's also an invitation to be even more focused. Something that's small can be extremely helpful in times where we might feel overwhelmed with choices, overwhelmed with recommendations and possibilities, all of which very helpful, all of which do contribute and do add meaning. But sometimes just going for the absolute simplest and purest distillation that we can get, even if it's just a small serving, is really the most effective that we need in that moment. And to consider how that feels literally holding the smallest dose 
this first bowl, you can sip as much as you like. You don't have to finish the whole bowl. Just notice what it's like as we get closer to the leaves. They start to emerge from the water at the bottom of the cup. What does that experience feel like getting to that point at this part of your practice? At this particular stage, compared to when you have a much larger bowl typically and have sat with the tea longer. What is it like to reach that point now where we're encountering the leaves at the bottom? And setting your cup down for just a moment. And again, allowing the hands to rest in the lap. Inviting the jaw to relax. The area around the eyes to soften. The area between the eyebrows to soften. What do you notice from just this first small little sip? And we'll sit here with this for just a few moments. And then we'll add more water to this tea and have a second serving. See what changes when we go back in. Okay, if you're feeling ready, you can get your hot water. I'm intentionally pausing here before adding fresh water to the leaves. 
just an acknowledgement of going from one motion to the next. And then add your fresh water to your tea. Fresh water that brings new possibility, new exploration. A whole new canvas to fill. Bringing the fingertips to touch along sides of the bowl or close to it if it's a little too hot to directly touch. And just notice that point of contact. Reconnecting with the concentration of the experience in front of us, the small but meaningful intention. And then lifting the cup to the nose. And then noticing what's different this time around. So whenever we have time to do so, having a second bowl is really often very helpful as a means of just noticing passage of time and what has changed, allowing what is in the body to come up and to settle and then to explore a little bit more. It's like squeezing and releasing a muscle. Inhaling and exhaling, it's a cycle. So breathing your tea now, this fresh serving of tea and just notice how the breath moves differently in the body now that you've made a little bit of space already with some tea. Does it feel different to take an inhale? Does it feel different to release the exhale? And if the temperature seems okay, we can take a sip from this second bowl. And notice what that new sip feels on the way down. It's almost like the first sip of tea, but different. And with each small sip that we take, just noticing the awareness around that now, after just a little bit of practice before, what space is opened up to notice even more now. 
And so again, going slow, because it's only a handful of tea, I invite you to sit with this second bowl as we transition to our contemplation for the morning. And then even after this bowl, if you like adding another serving of water, just seeing further where this exploration goes, where this particular tea takes you. Little by little, seeing what comes up for you today and how every small step really does make a difference. I love this topic. The subtitle that Suze and I came up with during our epic brainstorm around this uh, was the rhythm of nourishment. Small sips, the rhythm of nourishment. And <clears throat> you know, we were talking about how 
our professional lives, right, as instructors and in general, like the industry around contemplative practice is more or less designed around um, these experiences that have a certain duration. You know, you might take a workshop or you might take a, uh, you might go on retreat even, um, or even just a class, right? And we're used to thinking about uh, sessions of practice being something that's uh, at least 30 minutes, perhaps, and maybe longer. Um, and those sessions are, of course, wonderful, right? But uh, during complex times and difficult times, intense times, they're more infrequent than we would like them to be, even. You know? and, and I think I go through phases where um, I ask myself, yeah, why am I not doing this like longer, more involved practice? And the answer is because I have things to do. I have so many things to do. <laughs> and, and all of the things that I'm doing are valuable, right? It's not like they're um, flippant or superficial things that, that I, you know, once I'm a mature practitioner, I will, I will get rid of so that I can do this mature practice, right? I'm living in the world, you know, like I'm, I'm here with you. I'm here with you and everybody else. And there's so much interesting, challenging, complex work to do. Um, so when, when Suze was sharing that lovely guided practice, I was reminded of uh, a documentary I once saw about Suze's root teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh, and the, um, the Plum Village, uh, what, what would we call that, a residency? The, the community, a community in France that uh, he established. It's like a practice community. Um, and they show footage of, of people um, in, this, in this place. And I'm, I cannot remember the duration of time, but it is rather short. I, it might be every 30 minutes. Um, let's say, for the purposes of our conversation, it's every 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes, a bell sounds, and everyone in the entire place stops doing what they're doing for, I think, for one minute. So there's just one minute where you stop whatever you're doing. I'm sure there are some asterisks, like maybe if you're giving CPR, you don't stop what you're doing, right? But like, in general, everybody stops what they're doing. And of course, they do something else, right? And so the question is, what is that, what is that minute doing, right? What is that small sip and how is it nourishing? Since we talked about the koshas last month, if you remember this sheath system we were looking at, it's a Vedantic model of the human being. Um, the human being is having these different dimensions. But, but literally, you know, um, I was delighted to find in my, my research preparing for that month that uh, the principal text where that idea comes from talks about those dimensions as literal bodies, the food body, 
the body composed of wisdom, the body composed of energy. And this idea that there is, in a sense, a complete being in each of those dimensions. Like there is a you that is the food you, and there is a you that is the energy you. And when you consider that, that on each of those dimensions, there is a being that needs to be nourished. That's been a really helpful idea for me lately. Because I find that when I get um, out of balance, part of what is happening is that there is a subtle body within me that is not getting nourished. I've been thinking a lot lately about how do I feed the me that is composed of wisdom? What does it mean to nourish the wisdom body? And so we think about practice, right, as being about discipline. But what if practice is about desire? acknowledging that the space of practice is a way of feeding what part of you really actually really wants, you could argue really needs, you know? So important to consider this morning, how might you sip? How might you sip these days? Suze, of course, has given us a beautiful way of practicing with our tea. But what about when the bowl is not in front of you? How might you sip even in the parts of your day that might be more frenetic or intense. What shift needs to occur and, and how might you nourish those subtle bodies? And so for me, it's been really important to think not just about discipline, but to think about poetry and to think about desire that is not the desire of the body. Uh, that's unclear. That is not the desire of the body composed of food, the Anamaya Kosha. What does my wisdom body need to eat? What does the body that is composed of truth need to eat?
The last thing I think I want to share today is this idea of contraction and how key it is to our whole understanding of the Tantric Yoga philosophy that, that we come into being as a kind of construction, right? From expansive to stabilized for particular purposes. And that that model of moving from expansion to contraction is, is kind of happening on all levels of our being. I bring this up because the shift, right? If you're living in Plum Village and you hear that bell, it's perfect because uh, it's part of the structure of society there. You know, you would, be, you would be breaking the rules if you continued doing your thing when the bell sounds. But, you know, if you're living in a place like I'm living, there's no bell here unless I set one on my phone. So that moment when you decide you have this very, very precious window of opportunity that is likely very, very razor thin, right? You make one wrong move and you miss it. You miss the opportunity to practice. So that moment of, of uh, releasing a particular contraction, that's what I think makes small sips very difficult. And that's what makes it a mature form of practice, a more advanced form of practice, to be able to, to basically go full speed ahead with whatever you're doing, right? Whatever work you're doing, and then the bell sounds and you shift. How do you release the grip of that contraction in order to create the space for a mindfulness practice or contemplative practice? Thank you for sitting with us today. We hope you enjoyed the session. Uh, I spoke a little bit about uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, um, really influential um, Buddhist practitioner, teacher. Um, the spelling of his name, Suze, let me know if I get this right. T-H-I-C-H-N-H-A-T-H-A-N. <laughs> H-A-N-H. H-A-N-H. Close. Uh, so definitely worth uh, reading his books, watching uh, interviews with him. 
Um, and of course, the Panchakosha model um, we've been discussing. If you want to look that one up, um, that's P A N S H. I'm sorry, P A N C H A K O S H A. And if you have any questions about anything uh, that I said, you can find me at Adam at adamgrassi.com. That's G R O S S I. And you can find me at Suze, S-O-O-Z, at beingt.com. Also, exciting news today. Today is Tea and Contemplation's six-month birthday. Yay! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Six months, this special little project has been going. Ab and I are live in the studio every Friday for Tea and Contemplation. So you can join us for a live session with our group. We would love to see you for tea sometime. Thank you so much for being here with us for these six months.